Welcome to the My Fence Life bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day, where you can eavesdrop on phone conversations between Dan, industry leaders, and fencers from around the country to find out about their day. You know what I mean? And certainly people who are already adapting. I saw a thread. I saw Josh Glover post. He's like, I started preparing for this three months ago, you know, and so... I think people who are paying attention and people who have a good business plan are, are aware of what's happening. Hey, hey, what's up, Fence Lifers? Man, we got a hell of a show for you today. We've got number 116. Ask me about my day. And uh, we got an updated economic pulse for you. And we're going to catch up with an entrepreneur's thoughts, Zach Payton, good friend of mine and a tough, tough guy to get a hold of. But guess what? We finally made it happen. Let me go ahead and bring him on. What's up, Mr. Peyton? How are you, brother? What's up? Yeah, man. Sorry I bailed on our last meeting, but um, I uh, threw my back out, bro. And I was like bedridden. Ah. Oh, man. It's been horrible. But what you going to do, right? You got to deal with it. Yeah. Keep moving, man. So how you been doing? How's, uh, How's everything over there in Zach Peyton land on the East Coast? Uh, it's good, man. Good, good. You know, we, uh, finished, uh, our, our, we're on a fiscal year these days. So we finished our fish fiscal year strong on, I guess it was Saturday, you know, closed yeah. it out and, uh, we're, we're ready to kick off. So I'm, I'm already living in 2024, Dan. That's, that's the world I'm living in right now. You know? So you like live in Australia. You like a whole day or yeah. two ahead of us. That's right. Whole month months. or two. Yeah. Whole month or two ahead of it. <laughs> Man. Well, hey, look, before we get into this, guys, I want to run through this. Y'all know we got this U.S. Hammer tour that we're going on, me and old Dan Wheeler, old Crayon Eating Dan Wheeler. And uh, it's put on by U.S. Hammer, your driving solution for all things midamericafencesupply.com. So, look, guys, our first stop, as you know, is going to be October 18th in uh, Arlington, uh, D.C. Arlington Cemetery is in Washington, D.C. And then uh, the next stop's going to be AFA University. That's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, guys, they got all kinds of stuff going on. They got fence contractor school, fence insulation school, gate automation school, sales training school, just a packed full of stuff, man. And then after that, we got the uh, Fence Tech located in at the uh, Music City Center, and we're calling it Smashville, Tennessee, because we're going to smash that place up and have some fun. And then we got the Expert Stain and Seal, uh, free Expert Stain and Seal University, Wednesday, February 7th through Saturday, February 10th. You don't want to miss that. And then we're going to round that tour off with uh, Wednesday, February 28th to Saturday, March 2nd, the AFA's Northeast Regional Trade Show and Educational Seminar in Mystic, Connecticut. It's going to be something you don't want to miss, man. And we're thinking about adding another date, and we just about think we got one added for December, but I don't want to jump to any conclusions just yet. So anyway, guys, y'all get there, get to it. We're going to have that added to the uh, to the calendar on MyFenceLife.com. And we also have the form that you can fill out so you can win your very own black My Fence Life U.S. Hammer Edition. So uh, go check that out. Fill out the form. We're going to be doing that drawing. I think we're going to do it at Fence Tech, maybe. And we're going to be giving away a black My Fence Life Edition U.S. Hammer. So, all right. Got all the business out of the way. Sorry to keep you waiting there, Mr. Zach Payton. I know you're a busy man, but got to do what we got to do. Right, brother? 
Hey, yeah, that's right. Hey, I, I just noticed um, that this is episode number 116. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, as of last month, 116 locations, Dan. What, Shut up. What are the odds, right? No, nah, man. Dude, that's pretty good, dope, good man. Good timing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that really is awesome, man. 116 locations. Jeez. Yeah, yeah we over, were, 100, over 100 open. We have a few in the pipeline to open still. Okay, okay. Cool. So, man, what we got going on, man? What, what, what are we seeing with the economy? I know I'm seeing some things happen, and every once in a while you shoot me an email with a YouTube video to watch, and I check it out. But yeah. uh, what is your broken? Well, we all know your ball's broken. Your crystal ball's okay. broken, right? All right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna start with the disclaimer that the, the crystal <laughs> ball is still broken. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little worried about 2024. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, uh, I think we're going to go through a recession. I've, I've talked to some folks and they, they, you know, said things like, oh, it's going to be a wall street recession, not a main street recession. But, um, I'm a little bit worried about it. Housing starts are, are recovering though. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that housing starts hit like a, a multi-year low. Um, I think in June or July. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, the, the the prediction there is that that, that, that those are going to recover and but that's that's obviously good for our industry right a, a big driver of, of fence installations is new houses so on the residential side I should say I'm worried on the commercial side um, our bid volume's pretty high I think I think that'll uh, even us out if not pull us into growth for next year um, you know location so I, I don't know. I'm a, you know, I think it's going to be a tough, uh, tough economy in 2024, though. I've always sure. seen whenever there's a recession or there's a problem with the economy, commercial booms, you know. So, guys, if you're uh, doing commercial, then you should be OK. If you're not doing commercial, you might have something to worry about because, you know, back in what was it, 2010 or 09 or whatever it was, I wasn't doing commercial, man. And let me tell you, it almost took Fence King down. Well, and it's not like it's just something that you can just jump into, right? Right. You can't just turn on a Google ad campaign and people start calling you, hey, I've got this $50,000 project I'd like for you to bid or a $250,000 project. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to know what you're doing first and foremost. Um, it's not a weekend warrior type type uh, 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 aspect of the business, right? So you, you got to know what you're doing and then you got to have the cash to, to – uh, float some of these projects yeah you, you know? gotta you got so, have your ducks in a row man when it comes to uh yeah. to doing commercial you can't just go oh we do commercial now i mean it's, right and one one project will put you out yeah if you're not careful you know yeah. it's like like all of the risk of you know 15 or 20 residential projects are concentrated right in one project and if you screw it up and you don't and you don't quote it correctly and you don't have your you know like you said don't have your ducks in a row it'll put you out you know, and cash flow is probably tight anyways. If your look, if your residential business is dried up, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be an interesting year. There's a lot of blood in the water right now. That's for sure. Yeah, there so. is, man. And um, I've been seeing it. I've been seeing it with just you know. I, I've said it before. There's a lot. It's like deja vu. There's a lot of responses to cust- from customers that I'm getting that sound just like 20, 2009, 2010. You know. Um, and a lot of those responses are, oh, you're just too high. I got a bunch of lower quotes. And I'm thinking, man, how am I 
$3,000 higher than your other two quotes, you know? And then when I find out what Finn's company it is, or we make a note to go buy the, buy the, buy the job in a month or so, there's no sign on the fence. The fence is horrible, or it's a company that we know started up after Hurricane Ida, and we know exactly what's going on. So I'm like, all right, we just hold our own. But, I mean, we're doing okay. But, you know, those things are frustrating because it costs me money to, to, to bid those jobs. And those guys are, you know, when you start lowballing, you're just putting off the inedible, you know? Yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback. And it's weird because it's it's – it's not everywhere, you know, uh, but there are people dropping their margins um, in a lot of places, yeah. I think, yeah. you know. And um, when you see a, a somebody bidding a job and it's basically at cost or a little bit, you know, maybe a 15, 20 percent markup, it's like, all right, well, I don't know that that works. You know, I don't know many business models where that works. Certainly folks with a brick and mortar presence, is, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Um, but if, and even guys working out of their home, it's like that's not even beer money, you know? Yeah, I mean, those guys working out of their house, I get it. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, right? And, you know, I look at it and I'm like, right, how much money would I save if I shut down my brick and mortar and moved into my kitchen table, you know? Right. And, and I mean, I'd save some money, but is it worth it in the long run? No, it's just going to hurt me. Unless I absolutely have to and, and shit just goes, you know, it's just a shit show, right? You do what you got to yeah. do, but it's it's tough, man. To- well, I think I think the good thing is that people who have a good business plan are going to be okay. You know what I mean? And certainly people who are already adapting. I saw a thread um, on one of the Facebook pages, one of our 50 Facebook fence industry pages. Um <laughs> and uh, I saw Josh Glover post. He's like, oh, I started preparing for this three months ago, you know? And so I think people who are paying attention and people who have a good business plan are, are aware of what's happening um, and are, 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 have already made adjustments, you know? Um, so, yeah, I started and, about two months ago. And yeah. matter of fact, I had a meeting today with Benji and everything's right on point. And yeah, we're, we're starting to make adjustments or, we made adjustments two months ago and now we're making more adjustments to those adjustments. And, you know, I mean, I'm seeing we're, we're keeping up, but it's, it's a little harder for us to keep up. I'm going to be honest, man. It's a little more difficult than, you know, I missed four days last week. And I, I tell you what, it cost me a few sales because I wasn't in the office because when I'm not right. in the office, my other two guys are out, there's nobody there. And it hurt me a little bit this month and I see it in my numbers, you know, but we've made we made a bunch of adjustments, a bunch, you know, and we started that two months ago. Yeah, and I think that that's going to have to continue, you know, because uh, there's there's a lot of folks who are um, there's a lot of folks folks who are competing for less business, and that's going to keep happening, yeah. you know. Um, and the manufacturers are feeling it, um, wholesalers are feeling it. I think everybody's kind of feeling it right now. It was a tough summer. Uh, I thought last summer was tough, and then this summer happened, and I was like, "Oh, that was that was that was worse than last year." I feel like July you know? was tough, man. July was a yeah, tough month for me. July was a tough month, I think, for a lot of people. Um, that whole period from you know June to August, I, I, I think you know, because I look at the numbers of our sales year over year for different locations, 
And um, if it, if there's a decrease in sales or leads or appointments or average sale, it, it pops up as red on my radar. You know, so looking at this spreadsheet, I'm like, oh my god, who bled all over my spreadsheet? You know, that's yeah. a lot. Like leads, appointments, sales, average ticket, we're down kind of like all over the map. Um, so we'll see what what happens. We'll see what continues. Um, but I think that the the people with a good business plan will, will survive. The guys who lowball will survive for a little bit. But then I think a lot of people are going to go out. Um, I mean, you start to see it in the, the forums. People are talking about like, oh, I'm hanging it up. You know, business dried up. I'm not getting phone calls anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just drive down the road with a with a steak hanging off the back of your truck and expect customers <laughs> to come chasing you anymore. Well, you know, we usually use December because we slow down in December, you know, and um, we'll go through our P&Ls, clean them up, get everything straight. So then January, usually the first, second week of January, we have a meeting and it's um it's uh me it's my tax attorney it's my cpa my banker and uh my insurance guy we have this big meeting well we sped that up dylan and i spent september cleaning the pnls up ron the consultant is going to be in the office tomorrow morning and we're going to be tearing those suckers apart and we're going to be looking at are we spending too much here what are we doing here where can we cut some fat? So we're already we're a couple months ahead of that than what we normally do because normally we, we would be having this meeting in January, but now we're having it in what first week of October. Yep. And um, another thing we did we went through our Google Ads and stuff, looked at our ad spend, looked at our conversion rates, looked at what cities, what you know, how many conversions am I having in this city? All right, so then I'm looking at my spreadsheet. Well, how many jobs we sh- did we sell? Okay, we spent this much. Are we getting our money out of that? Are we getting our ROI? Should I just cut that off, or should I take that money and plug it in where I am getting conversions? So we're right. we're looking at that right now also, and we usually don't really do that this time of year. You right. know, I mean, I text I texted Josh Glover. He's like my um, my. Uh, Google ad, man, you know, and um, Josh, if you're listening right now, I texted you at 3.16 p.m. today and you haven't answered me back yet, buddy. You're in trouble. <laughs> no, but um, I said, hey, man, are you pulling back your Google ads because we're entering the slow season and you're not getting the ROI you normally get? Because I've had a couple fence guys say, oh, yeah, we pull back. But I don't know. I, I don't really do that every winter. You know, I mean, I look at things and I make adjustments, but I don't pull back. I mean, do you think it's yeah, the time the, to pull back or is it the, the time the to problem, the, push? the problem with Google this time of year is like whatever budget you set, they're going to eat it up, whether yeah. you get conversions or not. So you do, but, and, and I say that, but, you know, there is less demand overall, so your budget kind of takes care of itself. It kind of pulls itself back this time of year. But that's what I've seen. You know, it's like you can set about like whatever budget you want, but um, it seems like during the busy season, they'll gobble it up. But this time of the year, it's like, hey, you only spent 1500 bucks because that was all that the, the, the search volume that was out there. You got 98% impression share or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and I've even seen that in some markets. I've, I've looked at it. And I'm like, hey, why didn't we why are we so far under budget in this market, this market, this market? And um, it's either because people are 
are going crazy with the bids, right? Um, or or the volume's not there, or both, you know. And yeah. there's in some markets, I see people going crazy with bids, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know why you would want to throw that much money at it. Um, but you know, I guess we can all just say thanks, Google. I don't know. You know <laughs> yeah, this is a lead. But yeah, I guess it's. I guess in some places it's worth two hundred fifty bucks. You know. Yeah, it's worth. It's a. It's a love hate relationship with Google. You know. Um, I mean, we're looking at our ads today, and they're using up every dollar. I mean, I'll give you an example. Say you're doing. Let's use an easy number. Say you're doing twenty dollars a day on a city, right? And um, so that's what thirty days, six hundred bucks. You're seeing six hundred, six oh five. Yep. Six oh eight. You know. Um, it's using up the entire budget, and it, we looked at every single city today, and every single city is using up the entire budget. So, yep. we're going to make some uh, some adjustments this week, and it's just part of running a business. You know, people ask me, Dan Will was giving me a hard time. We did a show the other day, and he's like, "Dan, what kind of pliers, fence pliers, you like to use?" And I'm like, "Uh, the ones that cut." I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't deal in fence pliers anymore, you know? Right. I deal in PLs and Google AdWords and <laughs> Google budgets and you know. Um but those are the things it takes to run a business, man. Right. I mean I, I mean I think we all put our time in on the fence line. It, it's funny. Um we were at our annual conference last year and uh a couple of supplier rep, reps were like I don't know they just came with me. They were like, hey, have you, you ever actually installed fence before? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I have actually. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me show you some uh, some uh, scars from some barbed wire. I've, I've, I've bled. I've sweated. You know, I don't, you know, I did, I did mainly residential installs for about a year and a half, but, you know. Oh, um, only a year and a half? Damn. Me, myself out there installing? Yeah. I mean, I've. It was it was mainly because um, I was trying to build an employee be, employee based teams and I couldn't you know you can't just like do that without getting your hands dirty you know? yeah yeah I did you it for six get out there I had sixteen years under my belt before I, I hung the old on the fen- on the fence line on the fence line man That's impressive ninety nine to twenty fourteen and then I took the entire year twenty fifteen off and then I worked twenty sixteen. In 2017, I think it was like August of 2017, I came back from Rome and uh, was like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. Y'all got it, you know? Yeah. So I've been, you know, nothing but business since basically the beginning of uh, 2018. Okay. You know, so it's, yeah, it's been a while since I built the fence, but I still know what the hell's going on, you know? You got to remind those guys sometimes the reason why they're standing where they're standing is because you've been there, done that, and you're the reason why they're there. That's right. You know? Yep. So, um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and, you know, and he's, he's pretty knowledgeable on the economy. And he's like, I see things, you know, first, second quarter going to get kind of rough. And it's not going to be until the third quarter until we see the, a little loosening of the belt on the interest rates. You know, what do you think? 
and as far as like what exact quarter it falls into, I don't know. I mean, if it's the if it's the first quarter or the second quarter, I think that if that's when the recession hits hardest, I think that's okay because it'll just it'll. Um, I'm I'm second yeah. quarter. If I if second quarter, I I'll you know, but don't <laughs> when you're already slow in the winter months and then have it hit. That's that's going to be slow on top of slow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think everybody needs to budget for slow cash flow over the winter time. Period. You know what I mean? And if you're not budgeted for that, if you're not ready for it, um, and your business needs cash to to survive through those months, I think you're going to be in trouble. You know? Yeah. Um, we're coaching our teams right now to start budgeting, you know, to start making their budgets for next year. Um, just so they can look at it and look really hard at the next couple of months and make sure that they've, that they've got what they need to, to make it through. Um, if the season's a bit softer than otherwise, I think that's, I think that's overall. Okay. Um, and if it, if, if, there is a slower amount of demand that it and things and people loosen up and they pick back up in the third quarter. I think we'll just have a longer, you know, less intense season. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Rather than having this massive spike in between April and May and then things kind of dropping off. It'll be um, more level over the summer. I, th- I think so. And honestly, I, I think that'd be great. I think it'd be great for everybody. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine you know, not having a busy, busy season, but still, it's my work it's my dream of uh you know like to do something really masterful to like flatten the curve of demand in our business so that you have like more predictable year-round work and more consistent because the the busy season for us i mean it's not like we're retail right we just like go hire some college kids to staff up and stock stock the the shelves and scratch their asses (laughs) in between you know ships (laughs) You know, you can't just like go and like hire extra fence installers and then be like, all right, guys, that was a good season. We'll see you next year. You know what I mean? That, that there's nothing that doesn't exist. Um, but everybody, you know, all the consumers get in line for their fence at the same time every year. You know, it's like rush hour for man, the if, fence business. If we know? could even that out, imagine how much less stress we would have for oh, a portion yeah. of the year, you know? No, oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be way less stressful. Yeah. So. Um, but if, if the, if the, if the economy does that for us effectively and, you know, we don't have as as stiff of a a season as we normally do, but then we have a a better third quarter than we normally do. I think that's good. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, man, I'm just a warrior at heart. And I, I, like, I think no matter what, what quarter it falls into, it's going to be painful. And, um, and and I think some guys are going to go out of business, you know, um, there'll be, you know, maybe some more consolidation. I don't, I don't think there could be any more consolidation on the supply side. Um, I don't know. Have you done an episode about all the consolidation on the supply side? You're talking about all the private equity groups buying up, buying every supplier in the fence business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's why, uh, um, mid America fence supply.com is like, we're not, we're not going to the private equity. They're totally against it. Yeah, um, there's but really that's kind of a, a that's kind of a weird thing because you know you with the private equity group, you know. But I, I am now. I'm on that side of it. Yeah, um, kind of. 
we're we're ultimately owned by private equity, but I have a buffer in between me and the the, the private equity teams, right? So I don't work directly with those guys. Um, they're not all bad. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Peerless Fence uh, up in the Midwest just sold a private equity. Did you see that news? No, I did not. Yeah, so they're. Um, I mean, there's a growing number of contractors in our business that are private equity owned, if you think about it. Um, but, uh, I think the first one that I knew about recently was split rail fence out of Colorado. They, they sold to private equity a number of years ago. Um, and then we did, and then now peerless has, um, and they're, they're a pretty big outfit. You've heard of those guys, right? I've heard of them, but I didn't know that they were private equity. They just sold. Okay. Just sold. Where you get this news from, man? You got like a yeah, secret- I got my I got my my ear to the to the ground. No, and then there's more fence franchises coming. There's a, a an outfit called Top Rail Fence out of uh Charlotte and then another one just started up out of Nashville. Huh. Uh, Stand strong fencing, but I think and the then top, there's the top rail one I heard about that. Maybe yeah, you might have mentioned it. Have you ever heard of Big Jerry's? No. Yeah, I, I, I'm not big enough to own a Big Jerry's, but, <laughs> but that's a joke. <laughs> those guys have been around for a while. They've got uh, they've probably got 15 or 20 locations. Um, Top Rail has sold a lot of locations, um, and then the these guys stand strong fencing out of Nashville. Um, they're coming soon, so. It's interesting, I, you know. I think the industry is going to continue to evolve, evolve, and private equity and, um, and I guess a little bit of franchising is going to be a part of it moving forward. Um, but, you know, there it's it's like Brian always says: there's fifty thousand fence contractors in the country. So, if there's a couple of hundred, you know, franchise-owned locations and you know ten or fifty, you know, private equity group back locations i mean does it really does it really, really matter move the needle yeah. does it really matter you know no. the supply side i think matters i think I, I think if you took a step back and looked at um you know the well, fact that merchants metals as part of fence supply like the whole everybody in fence supply group um you well, know we're at outdoor living like almost all of the manufacturers are private equity owned the only big manufacturers and wholesalers that aren't private equity owned at this point are you know, Homeland Vinyl Products, uh, Stevens Pipe and Steel. There's some big ones that are not, but there's a lot of big ones that are. Benford, I mean, Master Halco is not private equity home, but they're, but they're owned by a daggum uh, multinational company, which I, I think is, you know, on par with private equity. So, so. When, does the, when do these private equity groups that own all of the suppliers start buying fence companies? And then those fence companies have an upper hand against other fence companies. I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's ever going to be a part of the strategy. I, I mean, it, it's never been done before where you have a major supplier that also owns a major contractor. Well, I say it's never been done before. You know, the guys at Split Rail Fence uh, own SRF, which is uh, – actually, I don't know if, they, if they're tied together under the same entity or not. I, I don't – they might not be, but that they're they're connected somehow. Um, SRF is one of the Trex distributors, you know, 
but I, I don't think other than that kind of loose connection, I, I don't think you see you see much of that. Um, but it's possible that, that it could happen. Um, I mean, can you imagine being in a wood market and um, you know Alta buys some fence companies and they're pumping out cedar fence board cedar, cedar privacy fences at a, <laughs> at a, a such a low rate? It's insane. Well, well, the, the thing is, Dan is like, you know that's basically happening anyways, because I don't, I don't know that it would make a big difference because a, you know, when Alta sells product to home Depot, home Depot treats that as, as a loss leader. Right. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's why when you go out and buy lumber wholesale, you know, sometimes you can have, you can get a better deal at home Depot because they're selling it below their cost, which is really low to begin with. Um, so I don't know that, I don't know. I don't know that it, it would make that big of a difference. Um, you know, there, there have been folks like Rose fence on long Island, uh, a long time ago, not a long time ago, but years ago, they, they had their own, uh, PVC extrusion lines, uh, fence outlet here in Florida has their own, uh, PVC manufacturing. And I think they might be manufacturing their aluminum these days too. They're either manufacturing it or importing it. I know. Um, I know up in the Northeast, uh, my uh, my buddy Matt. Uh, I call him Matt Charcoal because I can't say his last name. It's like Char- Charadana. Char- Charadana. He's got JC mm-hmm. Fence, and um, he's got a company up there that makes their own own vinyl and maybe even their own aluminum. And they right. do some crazy stuff, man. Yeah, so I, I think I, I just think it, it's been done here and there, but I don't think it's been done on a large scale, and I and I I think it's because it's two very different businesses. At the end of the day, I mean, manufacturing and distribution is a completely different business than you know a, a service based contracting business. Yeah, completely different, Com- like so completely different that it would be hard to house them under the same entity. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out, man, because things that haven't been done are being done every day. So we'll see yep, if it happens. that's true. You know. True statement. True story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Were, were you the first, first guy to franchise fence companies? In the U.S., uh, successfully, I think I could say the answer to that question is yes. I think, I, you know, there were people who tried before we did. Um, there was a guy out of... Uh, Kansas City, uh, 14 or 15 years ago, Geyer Fence, they, they tried to franchise and failed. And then um, that was Sean King did a long time ago. I don't think a lot of people know that about Sean. Um, he, he actually sold a franchise a long, long time ago, and it didn't work out. He had to shut it down. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Well, isn't uh, that what he, I, is that what he tried to do with uh, Josh? Is that what was that? No, 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 no. Josh was just an expansion of Mr. Fence. I mean, I think it was a separate legal entity, but it wasn't a franchise. No, no, no. This was a guy a long time ago. Um, you'll have to have Sean tell you the story because he, he tells it better than me. But he, he went through the process to get all of his franchise documents set up. He was going to franchise. He spent, um, I think he told me he spent about a year and a half trying to get this guy set up. His first franchisee set up. It was, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away from, from Evansville. And uh, 
the guy actually screwed him over. Like came to him one day and was like, Hey, thanks for everything. I'm, I'm going to, you know, rebrand and do my own thing. So, and Sean, it was, it was bad timing. Sean didn't have the resources to pursue the guy. So, um, and then, uh, there was another guy out of, uh, Southwest Florida. I forget the name of his fence company. I can't believe I forget the name of his fence company. Um, but he, he tried to franchise, but yeah, no, no, we, so that had been tried several times over, um, and not been successful as I, as I'm aware of it before we did it now, but in the, in the entire world, Dan, we were not the first fence franchise there. There are actually several of these in Australia, believe it or not. Um, I haven't ever taken the time to count how many different fence franchise concepts there are, but there are several in Australia. Oh, interesting. Fun fact. Yeah, man. Well, look, man, it's always great having you on. I try to keep these things down to about 25 minutes or so. We over that time limit. But uh, I think we got enough information to give us a little something to chew on and talk about and uh, maybe ramp up some conversation, you know? Yeah, man. So, bro, I really appreciate you being on. And, hey, guys, don't forget, go to MyFenceLife.com. Check out the little gyrating, jumping up and down U.S. hammer that we got uh, on there. Click it. Fill out the uh, the form because guess what? We want you to win a U.S. hammer. So, guys, y'all keep on fencing. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.